Hi, welcome back. This is Carrie. And I'm Summer, and we are Hypoxia Podcast, and we are back today with For Honest History with Leo, our favorite historian. All right, so it's Pride Month, and I am feeling less than excited. I'm normally excited, but uh, the world is on fire, and and now we've already had events canceled in the last week because we had a uh you know a guy arrested and then he was released on a ridiculously low bond and so we had already canceled some events but they went forward with some of the memorial day events and then there was another shooting in taft and so um which is one of our historically black towns um so there's a lot happening so i don't know how that's going to affect the the turnout for our pride events. Yeah. Um, I know between that and COVID, there's a lot of people who aren't gonna be able to make it this year, so. Yeah. Yep. And COVID is back with a vengeance. There's been so many but we're not talking about any of that stuff. Yeah. So. Still a thing. Right, so we're gonna talk about pride and, and all the history related to that. So even those of us who can't make it out to pride in person can have a little bit here on the interwebs. Gonna be good. <laughs> I think they right, did so. some virtual Pride events last year, so maybe they'll do some this year. I haven't looked for those. I know I was gonna go in person. They did a, um, some of our indigenous folks did a ribbon skirt and shirt making yesterday, I believe, for Pride. So to help make some stuff for the kids that wanted to turn out. I think there was a virtual drag show for Pride last year or year before. Maybe they'll do that again. That'd be fun. All right, so where where are we starting, y'all? Leo, our historian, guide us here. <laughs> wait, 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 I gotta start? Sure, <laughs> why not? Thanks a lot, thanks a lot. You're welcome. Um, Gosh, let's see, Pride Month. Um, says a lot. Uh, I mean, like with any of the like the, the months that we observe in this country, I mean, you can't really tell the story of America without telling the story of, of all these groups of people, and in particular, like people from the LGBTQ plus community. Um, and in part because like a lot of folks have had to live within, you know, the shadows and live alternative lives in order to, to make a living, in order to, to be considered or taken seriously or not be harmed, in order to help shape this country into what we see today, for better and for worse. Um, you know, we do have these very European ideas of what gender is, and it's just, you know, binary, you're either a boy or a girl. And, uh, you know, even, even as, you know, exploiters came over here to the New World and, and you know, interacted with indigenous folks, they began to see that there were, you know, various groups of identities that, you know, that ended up within that spectrum and uh, we're not very accepting of it at all. Um, you know, I think one of the things that unfortunately becomes synonymous with the LGBTQ plus communities of violence that has happened against them. And, uh, you know, the first documented violence of, of, of people that were LGBTQ plus, you know, on this continent happened in Panama from uh, the explorer Balboa. Uh, in the early 1500s, in which he literally had um, dogs, you know, 
sick themselves on you know groups of of people from from the indigenous peoples from the groups of Panama um, that identified as you know neither necessarily male or female or dressed up as the other gender, and uh, you know had some of them you know honestly and, and brutally kind of ripped to shreds. And so when we talk about like this violence, like this violence is nothing new. It was literally the start of our relationships, you know, on this continent. And it is, uh, it's heartbreaking and it's heartbreaking for a lot of different reasons. And I know even for me, like um, I am, you know, ethnically like half Panamanian. My dad is from Panama, born and raised. And, uh, you know, even learning about that history, you know, a couple of years ago was something that was, you know, hard to think of. Um, and, you know, it's a, uh, this country has always had, and even like if we move up into America, like this this country, the United States, has always had its issues with uh, with groups of people that are LGBTQ plus. Um, I believe that when it comes to like the first groups of women that were actually charged with the crime of, of being lesbians, that happened in God the early 1600s. Um, the first rules that we had that actually for, that actually forbade the ideas of of sodomy happened in the, in the 19, in the 1700, 1725, um, wasn't even repealed into the early 1900s. So we had 200 years of these archaic laws, which as we can see now with everything going on in our country, you know, these laws that were created in the 16, 1700s don't really apply to what we're doing today. Um, you know, one of the more infamous kind of bills of, of what we call progress from like, you know, Bill Clinton in 1994 with the don't say gay bill. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize that that came from the 1950s when Dwight Eisenhower decided to kick, you know, um, LGBTQ plus folks out of the military. Um, and it wasn't until 40, 45 years later that Bill Clinton decided to come up with the, hey, just don't ask, don't tell. Like, that's what we're going to do. Um, and so, uh, you know, even the progress that, that has been had, that has been made in this country has happened to, has happened in accordance of like people not being able to be their authentic selves. Um, you know, if you go way back into history, I mean, even when we talk about like, you know, ha folks having to dress up as other folks. Like, I mean, we talk about um, the Revolutionary War and uh, people such as like Molly Pitcher, who ended up being a woman. This has happened through numerous wars. Women that had to dress up as men in order to fight. Like, I mean, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know, it it's hard to really be like super duper optimistic over everything when, you know, our country shows us more and more every day that uh, they just can't accept what difference is. And, uh, you know, it's a... Uh, it's heartbreaking and it's sad because it really does have it, its own consequences. Um, I think that when we think about LGBTQ plus folks moves and, and movements, we think about Stonewall 1969 and, and we think about uh, what happened there in New York. And we also have to understand that like, you know, some of those other many kind of rebellions were, were happening for, for years before that. Um, I know that in an area in LA that I, that I live really close to, and it's called Silver Lake. Um, you know, the, the first kind of documented, you know, riot that we had here for LGBTQ plus, um, you know, progress happened in 1967 at a, at a small bar called the Black Cat, which is still there. Um, and it happened two years before Stonewall. And um, I think that a, a lot of what a lot of these different sorts of movements have in common is the fact that, you know, these folks had to fight against the police. And I think that when it comes to all of our movements, like that's something that unfortunately is really central to all of them. Um, that the police in, in, in this state that we have to unfortunately live in um, have always been a hindrance and have always done what they could to protect, you know, the rights of, of folks that they agree with and uh, to serve those folks as well. And unfortunately, the progress that we have to try to make happens, you know, through them and in spite of them. And that part is unfortunate. We get into intersectionality and we can think about, you know, all of that and how when we think about, 
you know, LGBT plus movement, you know, if you were to go ahead and type that into to Google and type images, you know, I'd imagine that most people that you're going to see are not going to look like me. Uh, you know, they're going to be white folks. They get to go ahead and stand in front of that movement, which uh, that does not mean that they don't have it hard because they definitely do. But you also have to understand that if white folks that are identifying in this manner have it that hard, imagine what that feels like for black folks and for brown folks and for indigenous folks, um, how much infinitely harder it has to be. Um, and that's why, like, even when we get back to, like, Stonewall, um, you know, people like Sylvia Rivera and Marcia P. Johnson are, are really critical and really important because, you know, we can't continuously try to uh, wash them away from history and we can't continuously wash them away from, you know, the amounts of pride that, that we see when we people, when people have, you know, parades and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, it's also really important to understand and realize that as, you know, laws have been created to make sure that, you know, folks kind of stay in their place and stay in their lane, that, uh, you know, when we stand silent and we don't say anything because we think, you know, it doesn't really impact us, we need to understand that it does. Because uh, when they make those rules and those laws for them, you better believe that they're going to come for us at some point in time. And we, uh, we see it today. Um, I mean, and we see it in Florida with the don't say gay bill. Like, what do you mean? We can't? Seriously? So uh, you have kids that are literally in these schools and what you're telling them that they're not allowed to save their identity and be proud of that out loud or have, you know, teachers go ahead and, and see them for, for who they are and, their, and all their identities um, without potentially getting in trouble. Because we've decided that, that as a nation, we are that damn fragile that, uh, that we can't say things out loud. Um, even in North Carolina, you know, bathroom bills, you know, we have to go to the bathroom from the gender that we were assigned at birth, which is the bullshit in and of itself. Um, and I know that I just keep going on and on. And it's just, uh, it's frustrating because, you know, we see the ramifications and we see, we see the outcomes and we see what that's like. Um, and last one before I, I stop, like when we think about these movements, uh, we think about, you know, the Black Cat in 1967, we think about Stonewall in 1969, and that takes us back to the 60s, which is like the civil rights movement in and of itself. Um, and also, again, you go ahead and type in civil rights movement into Google or anything, and you type in images, you know, the only people that you're gonna see are Martin Luther King Jr. and Rosa Parks, and you're gonna see black folks marching. We need to understand that like, this was called the civil rights movement and not just like the black rights movement, that there were tons of other people that identified another faction that were fighting at the exact same time for basically the same ideas and for the same rights and for the same basic liberties that, you know, have been afforded to certain people in this country since 1776. And uh, it's not a coincidence that you have, you know, black folks fighting for rights at the same time as LGBTQ plus community, at the same time as the Red Power Movement, you know, at the same time as, as uh, you know, the Brown Berets and the, the Black Panthers and other groups that are in East LA fighting for education. Um, I just really wish that, you know, out of with all these groups together, I just really wish that we could really begin to identify the commonalities that we have and also our common enemies um, and our common foes in order to make even more progress instead of us having to go at this alone. Um, it should just be the LGBTQ plus community fighting for themselves without, you know, anybody else standing alongside and fighting with them. Um, it should just be black folks and it shouldn't just be indigenous folks fighting by themselves. That if we really were to take a step back and look and, uh, you know, think about, you know, all the issues that we have and think about all the rights that we don't have and think about everything that we want and think about all the things we have in common, um, we would see a lot more in common with each other than the differences and that we could really make some progress. I agree, right? Like, I 
phone out because I was trying to do a lot more like research uh, so that I actually had something to talk about today. Um, I also noticed a lot of like a lot of the time with like the LGBTQ movements, it's always a lot of like black trans women or black gay men that are like at the forefront of leading most of it, which is still true for like today with like don't say gay bill and like all of the trans issues. It's always black trans people at the forefront and I think it's time like everybody else steps up too like that's not okay that one group should have to be at the front every single time like Marsha P. Johnson at the Stonewall riots she wasn't the only one like at the forefront of like the Stonewall riots but she was such a big part of it um and I don't know when it was created but now she has like the Marsha P. Johnson Institute um, to help with like gay and trans rights and um, I think it's also to help find like safe places for trans youth um, to go to. Um, so I think that's also really neat. I see every year I see the um, reminders, you know, that the first pride was a protest um or riot whatever depending on who wants to call it what but i think it's one thing that's gotten lost and one thing that we need to remember like yes we're celebrating but it still is a protest like like you mentioned you highlighted those bills oklahoma also ju just passed one of those bathroom bills um and i also you know the bill about the teachers can be fined if we're even talking about things that are offensive to a student's religion, um, which we all know includes <laughs> um, anything related to um, gay rights or anything like that um, is, you know, when we're out at Pride, we need to be mindful of that. We very much are still protesting and demonstrating um, because as much as we like to think there's been progress in recent years, it can be gone very quickly. And um, I know people don't like to think about that, but um, you know, look at how swiftly uh, Roe versus Wade is set to be overturned. Every single one of those laws that we have or court precedent that we have that has created even the small amount of protection that we have now can be gone just like that as well. So we've got to remember not to be too comfortable because there is a um, active movement to not only roll those back, but <laughs> go back to active persecution. Um, I know there's a lot of people who like to think about those things as being you know, way in the past, but it's not like the US has any better track record on this than anybody else in the world. Um, and I've been, um, there's been a large uptick in conversations about um, World War II and um, the Holocaust, you know, because of the recent awareness of Nazi and white supremacist presence in the US. Um, but one thing I always remember that virtually every book, I've read several books in the last month about that time period 
and not a single one mentioned the fact that when we liberated the camps, we left the people that were there for the crime of homosexuality there to die. We didn't bring them out. Yep, uh, a hundred thousand German German folks that, that were actually sent to concentration camps along with the Jewish, that their only crime was being you know homosexual. And when we think about like the ways in which you know Nazi Germany identified folks, like we identified you know they identified you know Jewish folks with the Star of David, but they also identified you know homosexual Germans with you know a pink triangle. And uh, again, like you said, like that part one hundred percent gets left out out of you know all contexts. Like it, it it wasn't just Jewish folks. Like they 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 came for their own too. Um, and that's the part that we have to understand as well that like. At some point in time, no matter what identity you belong to, for the most part, at some point in time, if we go ahead and allow these things to continuously happen, we continuously, you know, slide backwards, eventually they're going to come for you. And when that happens, um, if you're going to wait until then to get active, you know, it's it's too late. And, uh, you know, that's on us because uh, we can be better and we should be better. And uh, instead, we're not. Just taking talk, like, very funny videos all the time. And now, like, with everything going on there's a lot of like gay couples that i follow that are like panicking because they're like they're not going to recognize our marriage anymore and we're going to like does not an actual couple anymore and all of it's going to get taken away and it's so hard to watch oh yeah the marriages are definitely the next step that they're going to try to come for I think that's also one of the other unintended consequences that, that we don't necessarily think about is like the anxiety that all this stuff causes, like and how we how we have to live through that and how that impacts our, our mental and physical health. And then also in a lot of ways, like how we end up passing that down to, you know, other generations of of kids and what that looks like. Um, I mean, I think scientists have already kind of proven that like the trauma that we carry from our past, you know, we're actually able to pass it on to our offspring and, you know, what that looks like and like the fact that this country is so worried about exactly who can get married and who can't like with all the other bigger issues and shit we got to deal with in this country like that's what really what we're worried about that's where we're gonna focus our energy on but um you know unfortunately like i think that that's that way with a lot of you know institutions that like they focus on the little small things instead of looking at the big overarching things and it really does stop like meaningful progress from from getting made um you know, and honestly, like, I know that I'm wearing a shirt here that says equality, but honestly, like, you know, if Nike wanted to do it right, they should be saying equity. Because, you know, uh, I don't necessarily want equality. We're not, we're not at that point in time in our, in our country where equality really works. What equality basically means for a lot of folks is like, hey, you know, from this point forward, we're just going to treat everybody exactly the same. But if you're not going to go back and restore any of those harms or even acknowledge them, then even treating everybody exactly the same right now is still inequality. Um, you know, because people still have, you know, advantages and head starts that, you know, they're not going to give up. But, uh, you know, equity, the ability to give people what they need is even more important than that. So uh, Nike should be doing this better. It should be equity and not equality. I don't think a lot of people know what equity is, though. That's true. Well, and I think part of it, too, is um, in these in these battles, we focused on um, incremental change. 
<laughs> so I think if like if we can at least get to there, maybe it'll be you know at least tolerable. And so we kind of get focused on that. Um, I tend to. I I think I believed somewhat in incremental change when I was younger. I don't think it works. I don't believe it works anymore. Um, but I think at the pro the problem was at the time I was young, so I still believed in the system. I didn't understand what the system was actually designed to do. I understand what they told us it was designed to do, and those are very vastly different things. Yeah, um, I uh, yeah. I agree one hundred percent. I mean, that idea that like that like the old like idea that change takes time like that's it's a lie. Change takes as much time as the people in power want it to take. You know, when they want to make changes, you know, the next day, the next week, the next month, the next year, it magically happens. I mean, we look at 9-11 and within a year, how many changes did we make to the way in which we, we fly and travel? I mean, that didn't take decades in order to, to get it done. Um, I mean, when we look at like, I mean, one thing that I was just talking to my kids about, you know, a couple of weeks ago, um, after like the Buffalo shooting was, uh, I had them look at a map that had all of the... Uh, all the different states and you know different colors that designated what their what their gun policies were and most of those gun policies are like hey yeah you know open carry or do whatever else california's not um and we talked about like you know the little bit of the history about that and how you know california up into you know the late 1960s was an open carry state you could literally walk into a store you know and carry a gun around and you were good to go and uh the minute that black panthers and brown berets started carrying guns because they knew the laws you know, the very next year, coincidentally, you know, our wonderful governor at the time, Ronald Reagan, decided to go ahead and change the laws to what we see today, which is, you know, you need a permit in order to carry and you can keep one in your house, but there is no, you know, open carry allowed in this kind of, in the state anymore. So, you know, when they want to make change, they can make change. But that whole idea of change takes time. Let's have a bunch of conversations and sort out our feelings. Uh, that's all meant to, to waste time. Right, because it all comes down to the power and control. That's really all it is. And, uh, you know, you mentioned all the trauma that all of this causes and um, and how that gets passed on. And the reality is the people in power and the people who are supporting and pushing for all of this are aware of that. The cruelty is the point. It's not incidental and it's not that they don't know. No amount of, you know, pleading to, you know, the decent person that you are convinced is hidden inside there is going to help. Like, it's doing exactly what it's meant to do. They want to be cruel and hateful and spiteful. Yep. The, uh, the, the problem never is our communication. We, t we always tend to think that, like, as we are trying to plead our case that if we uh, say it in a different way, say it slower, say it more eloquently, say it simpler, you know, say it with tears in our eyes that like eventually, you know, people will get it. But the, the problem is not, you know, the way we say it, the problem is not the, the communication or the understanding. It's the fact that, you know, most of those folks just don't give a damn. And uh, I, I'm fortunate that I, that I work with a lot of great individuals at my school and that I teach a lot of great kids at, you know, very many of them identify as LGBT plus and, you know, and have, you know, different pronouns and what they were quote unquote assigned at birth and uh, that our community is is really accepting. And, and I really wish that, you know, more folks could and would. Um, what's the harm in it? What's the harm in, in telling somebody 
uh, by by you know um you know acknowledging somebody's pronouns that, that they that they want to use or their different name or the ways in which they want to dress like none of those things have ever hurt anybody or killed anybody um they don't promote violence at school um but we do a lot of other shit in this country that does um but again we uh this country and the, and the folks that are in power like to concentrate on all the things that are you know totally unimportant in order to uh like you said keep control don't forget to like and subscribe to the channel and if you want to make sure you don't miss any of the uploads be sure to turn on those notifications so you uh, you will know as soon as those go up and um, also like us on social media at Hypoxia Podcast, or uh, the easiest way is to go to our website, hypoxia.com. That's H O P O K S I A.com. And the links to all the socials and all the podcast feeds are right there. And we just want to thank you all for sharing your time with us, hanging out with us, and we hope to um, spend more time with you in the future.